Welcome to the Property Report podcast, produced by Property Report magazine, the leading magazine for luxury real estate. Hi, I'm Liam Aaron Barnes, Deputy Editor of Property Report magazine. This week, I spoke with Mark Townsend, Managing Director of CBRE Vietnam. Townsend, who has spent 11 years in the country, discussed the gradual restoration of market confidence, investment trends over the last 12 months, and the upcoming implementation of a new milestone foreign ownership law. Overall, how did Vietnam's residential property market fare last year, and are there uh, signs that investor confidence is is gradually being restored? I think there are signs of um, local uh, investor confidence, uh, for sure. Vietnam uh, has gone through a very tricky patch the last five years. Uh, Developers have had to cut their prices by, certainly in Ho Chi Minh uh, and in Hanoi, um, as much as 40 to 50% to to, to get people into the showroom. But last year, uh, confidence slowly returned, partly because um, falling gold price, uh, Vietnamese certainly look as as gold as a big uh, part of their their savings and investments. Uh, Falling uh, deposit rate at the bank. 24 months ago, you could have got 14% on your dong, and now you can get um, uh, 75 to 8%. So again, uh, families that were uh, long in gold uh, and uh, uh, cash started to look at other other property, other, other um, uh, assets such as property. Um, another thing that, that came about uh, was the government um, started to get developers to focus much more on affordable housing. Um, So uh, the big pent-up demand that exists in these uh, frontier markets with a population of 90 million, uh, when developers stop developing for two, three, four, five years, obviously there's a a demand, uh, particularly for the starter homes. So those are the things that really came through. Big fall in prices. People beginning to go back to the to the showrooms and, and slowly uh, trawl through the, the finished units and maybe look for uh, investment properties. Uh, but really, the, the, the big story was uh, affordable housing uh, came back to the to the fore, and so the developers that were that, that were in this uh, space. Uh, were able to to sell out uh, their projects, uh, uh, and, and everyone that was not in the space was left going, what have I done wrong? Why are my units not selling? Yeah. Um, they were looking typically at 75 square meter units, uh, prices below $1,000 a square meter, but probably more like $750, $800 a square meter. So groups like Nam Long were able to sell out, whereas everyone else was going, you know, what have I got to do? Right. I mean, has, has, has this resu- uh, resulted in um, prices of high-end properties being lowered then? Yeah. So we're now back to where uh, prices were in 2006, 2007. Mm. Uh, so they, they peaked uh, at the end of 2007, beginning of 2008, and then slowly, slowly, slowly dropping for the last four and a half, five years. Right. And have you, have you noticed any other significant shifts in, in buyer trends since the, since the downturn then? Um, yes, they've just kept their hands in their pockets. Um, right. Those guys that, that, that may have had uh, mortgages have either been forced to sell, although I always joke there's no Vietnamese word for distress. There were a lot of uh, individual um, you know, buyers, condo buyers, uh, land buyers that were really um, uh, caught very short. Um, but the... Uh, the developments that that have been finished, there's either been a lot of overhanging inventory, unsold inventory, uh, or um, 
that the only way for developers to actually get people to, to come in was to offer long payment terms. So you can buy a unit uh, at one of the capital land or, or capital projects and you get, you put down 50% and then you get vacant possession and you pay the balance over two years. One of the things important to remember in some of these, again, frontier markets, that the bank mortgages aren't very, uh, haven't been very popular. With such high interest rates, uh, families will tend to borrow from each other right. uh, than, than from the bank. Um, but slowly, as I said, uh, the government's been uh, working hard, both with developers to try and um, uh, bring down the size of the units they're trying to sell by offering them uh, softer loans at 5% uh, and also uh, trying to offer families uh, that are earning less than maybe two or $300 a month uh, a softer lo uh, loan package. Uh, it's beginning to work uh, very slowly, um, but, you know, it's the first time we've seen this and... and uh, um, We'll just see how it, it pans out for the rest of the year. Sure, sure. I mean, obviously at present, Vietnam's still very much um, a, a domestic um, investor-based market. Um, but the the, the five-year pilot scheme that allowed foreigners to purchase and own property recently came to an end. Um, to what extent was this was the scheme a success, and what, what and what's the next step? Well, it was very unsuccessful. Uh, because only uh, a handful of uh, foreigners ended up buying. Um, uh, the idea was that if you worked in Vietnam, uh, you could buy a condominium for your own use. But if you, if you, uh, for some reason, were relocated to another city uh, outside Vietnam, you had one year to sell it. And right. many, many people didn't think that was uh, a particularly fair or, or good system. So, so as a result of the 75,000 foreigners that do work in Vietnam, um, only a handful, as I said, less than 200 bought. Yeah. The new system, which we're hoping will come in, uh, and we were hoping would be uh, uh, already um, laid out uh, and available uh, before the Lunar New Year, but hasn't been approved yet, uh, is that as long as you've got a, uh, a work permit um, uh, or a temporary residency visa, uh, you can buy, in fact, you can trade. You could also buy uh, landed property. Uh, a landed uh, um, a house, uh, um, a townhouse, uh, or a small villa under 500 square meters. Right. I mean, so again, a big change. Yeah, I mean that's a pretty big leap. I mean, um, there may be more options for foreign ownership than in neighbouring countries. Yeah. Indeed. Um, uh, I mean, I, I, the government's obviously slightly hoping that uh, uh, it, it will be attractive to, to investors. Um, and they also want to level up the, the playing field, which uh, post-WTO, there were a lot of things that um, uh, weren't uh, yeah. exactly fair. Um, and, and many foreigners have been harping on about this for a while. I, I mean, I don't think it'll, it'll certainly cause a, a huge splurge, but I, but I do think that some people that are comfortable with the risk um, and that have obviously got cash um, will look at it very closely and, and hopefully will buy. Um, with interest rates very high, uh, you know, as I said before, it doesn't matter whether you're a, a foreign investor or a local investor. Yeah. Typically, people like to, uh, you know, with interest rates so low in the West and places like Hong Kong or Singapore are down to 2 3 4%. Here, you, you know, you'd be pushed to find a loan. Uh, cheaper than 10%, maybe 12%. And, of course, loans are, are much shorter in length here than, than they are in other jurisdictions. Right, OK. I mean, do you, do you think it will um, it'll primarily attract foreigners who are already familiar with the market, then? Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah. It, it'll... Um, 
Um, having said that, though, a lot of people did come through Vietnam over the last, um, you know, 12, uh, 15 years and have realised that um, it, it's, uh, as I said, with a population of 90 million, very limited infrastructure, um, you know, there's a first mover advantage, uh, and, 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 as, and another thing, yields are still 7 8%. Uh, so regionally very high. Um, so I, I do think people that are familiar with the, the legislation, the tax system. Sure. And, and, you know, there isn't... Transparency is a, a word that's thrown around all the time. But if you get comfortable with, with the level of transparency, then you get comfortable with Vietnam. I've lived here now for 11 years, and I certainly would look very, very closely at this uh, this new scheme. Okay, interesting. And looking looking ahead to the next twelve months, I mean, which de which destinations do you expect to see attracting the most interest? Um, I, I mean, obviously, for individual investors, uh, the condo market, um, uh, it, it, as I said, is, is is very cheap compared to other Asian cities where you can buy uh, a brand new completed unit at, uh, as I said, a capital or capital land project or a local yeah, yeah. Uh, project for about um, sixteen hundred dollars. As I said, if you, you can find, pay over two years and get a tenant for six and a half seven percent, yeah. so I think that will remain uh, interesting. Um, although these developers are slowly taking away the incentives that they were giving, um, and I'm sure uh, if they feel comfortable, they'll take away the, the long payment period. Um, uh, the affordable housing market um, is probably not going to be. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, it, obviously, they don't want speculators in that in that market, but uh, I'm, I'm sure, uh, like in all things, uh, the local uh, investors are, are onto onto that. Um, I like. Districts two and seven. That, uh, however, what I really like uh, another word that doesn't exist yet in Vietnam uh, is luxury. Um, you know, there's there's good, reasonably high-end properties with uh, adequate car parking, good professional international management, reasonably good facilities. But the actual quality of construction yet is still well, well short of Bangkok or KL or Manila. So, um, and as you as you look around, for instance, District 1 or the Hoi Kim area of Hanoi, there's very, very little residential uh, on the market. So I like that story. Uh, there's probably less than 500 units under construction in District 1 uh, and uh, probably about the same in, in the Hoi Kim area in Hanoi. So again, um, those investors that are comfortable with the, with the market, uh, I think they'll do well uh, to look at... Um, the, the the higher end, more luxury market um, as as it as it matures in Vietnam. I I think if you're comfortable, um, you know, if you've made invest, if, if some of your readers uh, listeners have, have made investments in KL, Bangkok, Manila, um, they'll they'll get they'll get what's going on in, over here. Yeah. But if they're if they're you know, mature investors in Hong Kong, Singapore, and they like long um, freehold or or very long leasehold. Um, they won't like uh, Vietnam. It's it's not for everybody. It's not just the language. Uh, there's a, a still issues there that many people don't don't feel comfortable with the the 50 year uh, leasehold. If you're 55 like me, it's not a problem. Mm. But if you're a young guy of 25, then 55 50 years doesn't sound very long. All right. Well, thanks again, Mark, and uh, yeah, enjoy your week. Many thanks. Subscribe now to Property Report magazine and receive a free copy of Helm Lifestyle magazine, covering all aspects of luxury across the Asia Pacific, from super yachts to luxury cars and high-end fashion. You will also receive exclusive access to the Property Report iPad application 
and privileged online content. Simply visit property-report.com and click subscribe.